Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman, and I am the founder of Directional Ministries located here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Today we're going to pick up our Acts transition study in Acts chapter number 1, beginning in verse number 12. Then they returned unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. Now, a Sabbath day's journey is slightly over a mile, and they were not allowed to walk further than that on the Sabbath because they were to remember the Sabbath day, they were to keep it holy, they were not to do any kind of work therein, and they considered walking more than a mile to be work. Of course, today we don't even walk two blocks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we consider that to be work. But in verse number 13, And when they were come in, they went into the upper room, where abode both Peter, James, and John, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zelotes, and Judas the brother of James. And these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, The number of the names together were about a hundred and twenty. So here we see Luke, the writer of Acts, names the apostles who were present by name. Of course, by this time, Judas was no longer with them. Notice also that it says that they were all in one accord in prayer and supplication. The reason I focus on that is because many today will contend that what these guys do next in choosing Matthias to replace Judas was not of God. Now, in verse number 16, Men and brethren, the scriptures must needs have been fulfilled which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. So here we see Peter. Peter is the designated leader. And he points out from the Psalms that Judas's office must be filled. And he is referencing Psalms 109. Now, it's interesting that there's no way, if you and I were to read Psalm 109, we would ever see Judas in that chapter. This is the case many times in the New Testament, when light is shed on Old Testament passages. It's often been said, and I believe that is true, that the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Yes, we must study both of them to fully understand either one of them. And too many today want to shy away from the Old Testament. That is not possible if you want to understand the Bible in its entirety. I believe the whole book of Psalms is prophetic. And there's no way we would know that if we didn't look through the lens of the New Testament, as is the example here. 
Now in verse number 17, for he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. So Judas was one of the original 12 apostles. You know, and our Lord chose him knowing full well what he would do and prophetically had to do. He was used of his own will, by the way, to facilitate the crucifixion. You'll remember in Matthew chapter number 26. Let's see, let me get over there real quick. Um, in Matthew uh, chapter number 26, and I believe starting down in verse 21. Here they are at the Last Supper. And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you will betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. And then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? And he said unto him, Thou hast said. So Judas was used, and again, of his own free will, to facilitate the crucifixion. Now in verses 18 through 19 of Acts chapter 1, Now this man purchased a field, referring to Judas, with the reward of iniquity. And falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst, and all his bowels gushed out. And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem, insomuch as that field is called in their proper tongue, Akeldama, that is to say, the field of blood. Now, these verses are what we would call parenthetical, in that they are just filling in the blanks. They are giving us some background. It must also be noted that the field spoken of here is not the field that was purchased by the twelve by the chief priests in Matthew chapter twenty seven verses six through eight with the money that Judas had returned to them. It also needs to be noted that the field that was purchased by the priests was not the field that Judas hung himself in because they did not purchase that land until after Judas had already hung himself, according to Matthew 27, 1-5. Now, if you look up in verse number 18, now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity. It says that Judas purchased this field with the reward of iniquity, and many times... For some reason, we look at that and we think, well, he's taking the silver that was given to him by the high priest and he bought this field. No, he brought that money back and threw it at the, at the priest's feet. So Judas had already purchased this field. And the scripture says he purchased it with the reward of iniquity. 
remember, Judas held the money bag. And according to John chapter 12, verse number 6, Judas was a thief. In John chapter 12, we can look over there. In John chapter 12, and verse number 6, Scripture says, you remember when um, in verse in chapter number 12 of John, then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. And there they made him a supper. And Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sit at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Yes, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Now remember, John wrote this years after the event actually happened, so he's reflecting back. And Judas said, Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? So Judas here, you know, feigns concern that money is being wasted. But John goes on to point out, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief, and he had the bag, and bare what was put therein. So understand, Judas, the ill gain that's mentioned back up in verse number 18, the reward of iniquity, Judas was pilfering from the money bag. And he had purchased this field previously. And he went back to this field and he hung himself. So again, he did not hang himself in the field that the priest purchased with the money that he returned. And I've heard a lot of people say that. Just slow down and read the verses. And that brings up another point. Too many times when we think of Judas, we imagine the shifty-eyed little creature that looked like a thief. However, that was obviously not the case, since he was the one that was entrusted to hold the money. I mean, it is apparent that he was considered to be above reproach at that time. Furthermore, when the Lord told them at the Last Supper, we just read that text out of Matthew, that one of them would betray him, the disciples, none of them turned around and looked at Judas. Instead, they said, Is it I? They didn't even suspect Judas. As a matter of fact, when Jesus told him, Go do what you must do, in, a, in one of the other gospel accounts, the disciples thought he went out to buy more bread. Now notice in verse 20, For it is written in the book of the Psalms, Let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric 
let another take. Now again, the quote is from a combination of Psalm 109 and Psalm 69. To be specific, it's Psalm 109.8 and Psalm 69.25. And again, we would have no idea that these Psalms, this is what they were referring to. But Peter is using them as an argument that Judas needed to be replaced. And he says in verse 24, 21 that is, Wherefore of these men which have companied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John, unto the same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. Now here we also learn that there were others, not just 12, or not just that 11 that was remaining, but there were others that had been with them from the time of the baptism of Jesus by John until that same day that he was taken up in the ascension. Now, these were more than likely part of the 120 that was spoken of in Acts 1.15. Now, I believe that the point of these requirements is that the one that was chosen must have full knowledge of what was going on. And I also believe that they had to have been present for what I call the 40-day kingdom seminar. Because you'll remember back in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 3. Let's get back there real quick. In Acts chapter 1 and verse number 3, it says, To whom he also showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to what? The kingdom of God. So when Jesus gave the 40-day kingdom seminar in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 3, they had to have been present for that seminar. So they had to have been with them from the baptism of John all the way up through the ascension. Now, notice in verse 23, And they appointed two, Joseph called Barsabas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. So, based upon the qualifications outlined in the previous verse, they chose these two men. Obviously, there were many more, but they only chose these two. And they prayed, and they said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, Show whether of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. Now, before going any further, it's important to note that the apostles were in one accord, according to verse number 14. They were of one mind. And based on their, or basing their decision on scripture, 
verse number 20. They are pointing back to the Psalms. And after careful deliberation, according to verse number 23, and with prayer, according to verse 24, they were going to make a decision which of these two would replace Judas. Now let me tell you something. If the apostles could not make a valid decision under these ideal circumstances, what hope do you and I have today of ever making a right decision? I mean, these are the apostles. Now notice in verse 26, And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven. So now they're back to twelve. Now, this verse is a clear reminder that even after the ascension, the apostles were still, now listen to me on this, the apostles were still living under a different dispensation. They were not operating under the dispensation of grace that you and I live in today. They were still functioning under the dispensation of the law. Because today you and I would never condone this method of decision making. However, in their dispensation, Old Testament dispensation, casting of lots was a very common way to discern the will of God. Joshua divided the land by lots in Joshua 18. The scapegoat on the Day of Atonement was selected by lots, according to Le Leviticus 16. The division of the Levites was divided by lots in 1 Chronicles 24. And Jonah was determined to be the guilty party on the boat when the sailors cast lots in Jonah chapter 1. You see, the casting of lots was never seen as luck or as poor judgment under the dispensation of the law. However, it was never used again under the new dispensation of grace. My argument here, folks, is this decision was still made under the old dispensation of the law. Now, interestingly enough, even with all of that, because Matthias is never mentioned again, it has led many to assert that the apostles made a mistake. They got hasty and they got ahead of God. Now, examples of that can be found in practically any commentary. Go pick one up. I challenge you to do so. You know, they usually ask questions like, whose name is on the 12th foundation of the New Jerusalem in Revelation 21, Matthias or Paul? Why would they ask this question? Because they believe that Peter and the others got ahead of God and made a mistake by choosing Matthias, and they should have waited for Paul. Another commentary goes on to point out that the decision was made prior to Pentecost, which by insinuation means that they believe that they made this decision in the flesh. And in this particular commentary, they conclude Peter did make his share. 
of mistakes. All of this just goes to prove that far too many in the church today, and me for many years, I must confess, do not understand what was truly happening in the first eight chapters of Acts. The apostles were still functioning under Old Testament, not New Testament. They were still functioning under Old Testament. And we'll elaborate on that as we continue our study. God bless you guys. Hope that you have a blessed evening. Always remember that God loves you wants the best for you. He's working all things out for your good.